following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded July 24th, 2019. Enjoy! Welcome to the August edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Hugh, Joe. Uh, Mid-summer, we still have the kids at home. They can sit and watch Life in the oh. Tax Lane with us. <laughs> Best summer Boy, ever. They won't be they won't be able to get back to school fast enough. Wow. Well, you know what? I have to say, I am very excited today because I got to wear my space astronaut bow tie. Do you know Do you know why I'm wearing this today? Please tell. Space cadet. <laughs> no, Hugh, that's not why. The reason, 50 years since we landed on the moon, or supposedly landed on the moon. That's fake news. <laughs> Anyways, I'm very happy about that. So, my little uh, space out friends, let's get cracking. <laughs> okay, taxable benefits. Oh yeah, that's me. Uh, <laughs> uh, taxable benefits parking pass. So about two years ago, uh, we had the Air Canada Jazz employee who had, that was jazz hands to be clear, uh, who, uh, who got a parking pass. And the question was, was it a taxable benefit or not? And the tax court judge said, yes, it was a taxable benefit. But in the analysis, they really looked at who was the primary beneficiary of this parking pass. Because what did it do? It really helped with the commute to work, the parking when you got to work. So in general, that's a personal type of, uh, type of a thing. So the question here was, who did it benefit more, the employer or the actual individual? Well, the employer argued, well, I needed my employees to get there uh, reliably, on time, they need to have flexibility, et cetera, et cetera. Judge didn't buy it. Basically said, no, 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 no. This helps the employees far more than that. But the thing is, in the Federal Court of Appeal case that just came out, the judge started off by agreeing, yes, it's a taxable benefit, but changed the bar, mm -hmm. changed the threshold and said, listen, we don't care who the primary beneficiary is. We just want to know if that employee got an economic value, an economic benefit. And yes, you can use the primary beneficiary analysis to, uh, to, to figure that out or not. But at the end of the day, if what you're receiving is more than an incidental amount for something that really helps the, uh, the employer there, that's a taxable benefit to you. Any thought on this, guys and girls? You know, Joe, we've been waiting months for CRA's folio on taxable mm -hmm. benefits to come back, mm -hmm. and their interpretations depend highly on that primary beneficiary theory that the tax courts have developed over a lot of years. This could change the playing field. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of benefits that presently CRA is saying, okay, the employer's the big winner, we're not going to chase mm -hmm. the employee, they may have to reconsider that. And uh, Speaking of some employee beneficial yeah. structures that uh, are being reconsidered, mm. well, last budget they said, we're going to revisit that 50% deduction for stock options. Yes. And we now have draft legislation. I think the good news for most people is just how focused this change is. Well, if your employer is a Canadian-controlled private corporation, no problem. Same old no same. options are going to be affected for CCPCs. Even if your employer is not a CCPC, they said, well, we want to catch big, mature companies that are paying a lot of benefits out of stock options. We don't want to take that option away from startups, from fast-growing companies. They need that edge to attract and maintain good talent. So they have thrown the doors open for consultations. What are the, the criteria we should be looking at to figure out who those fast startups are and differentiate them from the big mature companies? But even if my employer is one of those big mature, probably publicly traded entities that if we named a name we'd all recognize, <laughs> they don't want to hit the little guy. 
So you can have up to 200,000 of stock options a year and you're still not affected. $200,000 of exercise price. The rules are very specific, but for the average employee in those companies that's maybe able to buy 10,000 worth of stock, 20,000 worth of stock, you're not even close to 200,000. No problem. So I think this is pretty focused and it's going to affect some people, some CEOs, I would guess, mm -hmm. C-suite employees, mm -hmm. maybe directors who are getting huge stock options uh, available to them. But I don't think the average worker is going to see much out yeah. of this. Uh, well, let's jump on to the next topic here, condo sales. Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. We know CRA has a target laser focus on real estate transactions. I mean, for example, you have a, a person that disposes of a piece of real estate, disposes of a, real estate, uh, real estate, real estate. <laughs> or, or property, and they're looking at whether it's a disposition on account of income, perhaps. Did the person buy the property to sell it at a profit? Mm -hmm. That's an income disposition full gain taxed or did they perhaps buy it to live in it personally that's a capital acquisition or maybe bought it to rent it out also a capital acquisition and there's a lot of activity that activity there in fact this month we saw a tax court decision looking at whether the taxpayers uh, report on the disposition on account of capital was correct CRA didn't like it they reported the disposition on account of income or assessed on account of income and also assessed gross negligence penalties so why what did the CRA see well in 2006 the taxpayer entered into a pre-sale agreement to buy a condo it took a number of years before possession was acquired by the taxpayer that was in 2010 However, in the intervening period in 2008, the taxpayer's father died suddenly, which meant his mother came to live with him in the, in the townhouse that he currently resided in. So we're all happy, we're living in there, he finally gets possession of the condo. Well, then he very quickly realizes that he could not maintain a happy family with his mother if the two of them lived in the very eensy-weensy-teensy-bitsy condo together. So we had a change in plans. We stayed in the townhouse and we sold the condo. Sierra looks at that as a quick sale. He didn't even move into the condo on account of income. The court, however, accepted the CRA's testimony and says, yeah, we truly did think... The taxpayer's testimony. The, yeah, the taxpayer's testimony. Thank you, Joe. We truly think you originally you know, entered into that contract to live in it personally. That's a capital acquisition. That's a capital disposition. That's a capital gain. And the taxpayer won. The gross negligence penalties were, uh, were dismissed. No, Kate, i got to say what scared me in that case was mm -hmm. that they are hitting people who are reporting mm -hmm. the capital gain with a gross yeah. negligence penalty. They're getting really aggressive on these property flips. And we see them going to the developers and asking for the names of all those people who have, you know, assigned rights or flipped a property. So, Joe, assuming we haven't turned off everyone who might be out to buy their first house, <laughs> sure. what do we want to tell them about? Well, we've got an announcement uh, about the first-time homebuyer incentive and uh, just, just a few extra details. Now, first of all, this incentive is where the government essentially shares in the equity of your house up to 10%. So you don't have to get a full mortgage 
mortgage, you're going to have CMHC or another related or similar entity, you know, taking uh, 10 to 5% of that mortgage. So what were the new announcements? Well, first of all, that the program will launch on September 2nd, 2019. Uh, when we're talking about these, these, these loans or these, these that, that, that the CMHC is going to take over for you, well, they're non-interest bearing. So they're not going to grow. They're not going to require ongoing repayments until, or ongoing repayments, the repayment is required when you dispose of that property or after 25 years, whatever comes first. So that's when you pay it back. You can actually pay it back earlier if you would like to. Now, how much do you pay it pay back? Well, you pay it back based on the CMHC's ownership percentage of your property. It's not the loan was for X amount, it was percentage. So that means that you're actually sharing the chance of profit or the risk of loss with this other entity. So there are some basics of it. Mm -hmm. Katie, Hugh, any other thoughts on this one? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's going to be interesting when people either dispose of that property or reach that 25-year period that they're going to have to be thinking about, you know, retaining some cash to repay that amount. Mm -hmm, that's right. And what we really don't know is when you sell it, it's pretty <coughs> easy to determine the value. Yeah. If I got to repay after 25 years or I want to repay early, how's that value going to be calculated? That's a pretty uh, strong incentive. You know, we see a lot of confusion on the tax system and we see people get assessed with a lot of penalties. And we've got a court case that maybe offers a bit of hope, uh, hopefully through CRA's taxpayer relief programs, if nothing else, where uh, in this case the judge said, well, what happened here? This guy hit the point where he was supposed to file a form disclosing his foreign property, a T-1135, in 2015. But he didn't know the rules, so he didn't file it. When he filed his 2016 return, he figured out the rules and said, oh, I didn't file this in 2015. I better fix it. Mm -hmm. I send in both. What happens? $2,500 penalty. Mm. Off we go to tax court. And the judge looked at this and said, well, you know, the tax return in 2015 said, for more information on specified foreign property, look in the guide, which the taxpayer did, but there's no heading in the guide for specified foreign property. The judge said, well, I see it here under a sub, sub, subheading that a tax professional would find, but not an average taxpayer. And an average taxpayer wouldn't know about CRA's special voluntary disclosure program. He tried to fix it. We should be encouraging that. He exercised due diligence, no penalty good news for them, and that's where we run out of time. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. That's V-I-D-E-O-T-A-X.com. The preceding information is for general, informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2019. All rights reserved.